Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. Happy 2023, and I hope your new year is off to a fine start. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host for the program today. And we have a very, very special guest with us on our podcast. It's titled Lessons of an Entrepreneur, and our guest is Mr. Ray Pakowski. And Ray is the CEO and founder of the Expo Group. Uh, Let me just read through his bio very quickly. Ray's a driven entrepreneur. Over the last 47 years, he has launched, acquired, and successfully sold many businesses, most of which have been in the trade show industry. The Expo Group has been recognized with numerous awards for innovation and growth through Ray's vision and leadership. And Ray shares many of those experiences in his first book, Lessons of an Entrepreneur, How to Grow, Take Risks, and survive. And we are excited about having Ray in the podcast. Just a couple of things that he talks about. Um, Ray talks about a little bit about his journey, how he got started in building a business, um, how he got started in the trade show industry. Uh, Ray talks about his experience as a football coach and translating that into business, Um, a little bit of understanding of the expo business, and then um, how he managed the challenges uh, of a family-owned business, and then one that basically got shut down in the pandemic, if you are familiar with the expo industry. It basically imploded uh, during the pandemic. Everything shut down, and their company was on the verge of closing. And Ray just talks about the miraculous journey uh, that the company has had since then and how they are successful now and some of the lessons that he learned as an entrepreneur walking through that and as a leader, of course, in that company. So uh, I'm excited about it. We had a great interview and I hope you enjoy it. A couple of things very quickly. We've got a resource on developing your own personal development plan, creating your own personal development plan. You can find that at the resources part of the show notes for this podcast mindforlife.org forward slash 070. This is our 70th episode, and so we're excited about that. There's also a free cheat sheet on how to start a difficult conversation that you can find on that web page as well. And if you've uh, already started your personal development journey for 2023 and have come to a pause, or maybe you have failed already in some of your New Year's resolutions. Uh, Maybe it's due to the fact that you didn't have a plan. So our personal development plan, it's a template, it's a resource, it kind of helps you to get everything settled in your mind on how to grow and how to put your life on a a development and growth plan. That's available, again, the resources for this podcast, mindforlife.org forward slash 070. Let's get right into the conversation with Ray today, Lessons of an Entrepreneur. Hope you enjoy it. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really great to connect with you. Um, For the audience, if it might be good if you just started out by just giving a little bit of background, a little bit of your history, a little bit of your biography, and maybe talk about a little bit about your company. Sure, sure. Um, well, I currently am the founder and chairman of the Expo Group, uh, a company that I founded in 1991. 
And I have spent the majority of my professional career in the trade show and live event business. Uh, I started my career as, as a teacher and a coach. I uh, did that for five years. And after a couple of children and uh, coaches back then weren't getting paid, but they get paid today, uh, I had to find a way to earn some uh, larger amount of income. Let me just mm-hmm. say and um, was only going to do this for a year. And here I am, uh, you know, 40 years plus later. Wow. What uh, what drew your attention or drew your passion or whatever to the expo field? I mean, how did that uh, how did you get an interest in that? OK, I, I, I wish there was a real a sophisticated answer, but <laughs> <laughs> there isn't. And, and that's that's usually uh, um, true amongst a, a lot of the people in our in our industry. We call it the silent industry. OK, uh, there's so many folks that don't know much about it. You know, they, they they'll attend a convention or a trade show, but they don't think about everything, all the planning, the logistics and things that have gone into it. So for me, uh, when I was in high school, I dated a girl whose father owned a furniture company. Mm-hmm. And um, so he uh, liked me. And so in between semesters, when I was in college, uh, he would hire me on and to work in his warehouse. And that, that was my first exposure to the trade show industry. Okay. And from there, I um, even though... You know, I, I we and we did not uh, continue the relationship with his daughter. He and I became friends, and right. we stayed friends. And I um, coincidentally ran into him, uh, you know, one summer, and and said, "Hey, I'd like to come back to work." And he said, "Sure, uh, love to have you," and brought me in as a uh, an account executive. Uh, I thought I was going to be back and working in the warehouse, but he said. Um, uh, they had an audio visual division at that time mm-hmm. and said, uh, we want you to work in the audio visual division. So that's where I ended. That's where I started. That's where he started. Was his furniture company, I'm assuming they supplied, they supplied some of the trade shows that were going on or did he yeah. like rental, okay. rental furniture for, for rental the, furniture for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just kind of like, uh, based on a relationship with a, with a girl and you were exposed <laughs> to the field, right? Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as a teacher and a coach, um, what were you doing there? Were you teaching anything specific? Were you teaching in any kind of area? And was it coaching in like business or what? No, no, it wasn't coaching in business. It, it was sports related, primarily football. But okay, um, I was in in three different school districts in five years. Um, my goal was to get into the NFL. Okay, uh, it was that was my my dream. And so in order to do that, you, you move around schools quite, quite frequently. Right. Um, and so the schools that I was at were all in Illinois. And, um, you know, after the, the, at the last school I was at, I was there for three years. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's when I left the industry. You just kind of felt, Hey, I need to really start to move in a different direction here. Yes. yes. Chase, chase the dream. And uh, you realized yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. No, it was. It just, it, you know, financially, you know, okay. you, you know, when you have, uh, I had two children at the time. Okay. Um, you know, I had, I still had student loans. 
Uh, and, and as I mentioned, you know, earlier, you know, coaches really didn't make that that kind of money, nor the teachers for that matter. Right. So as far as the subject matters, I mean, you went into a school, whatever was open. So if you taught history, uh, you know, you taught science, health, uh, physical ed, you, whatever, whatever was necessary to uh, to keep the, get the coaching job. Right. So it was teaching was secondary so that you could pretty much coach. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. was that for you personally when you had to make that decision uh basically shifting you know your priorities, something that you've had a dream for for a long sure. period of time. You know, what was that like for you? To shift into a business world? Yeah. Uh, it, it was an adjustment. Um, but I you know, as I adjusted into it, you know, I I mentally looked at business as as I would uh, a game. Okay. So if you look at business, you have four quarters and you know, in, in, you're measured by those quarters. So that's your scorecard, right? Mm-hmm. And so as, as you go through the year, um, at the end of the year in business, you know, you usually have some kind of uh, incentive plans, bonus plans. So that, that's your that's your World Series, that's your Super Bowl. Okay. And in in really you you work with people uh, the same way you would with, with your your players. Mm-hmm. Right. Each each player uh, individually has strengths and weaknesses. And you as as a teacher, and I, I looked at myself, I never stopped teaching, um, okay. even even within our own company. Uh, you know, I'll I'll go in and teach a class now and then on various subjects. And like, for example, we have training going on this week. And so after this call, uh, I'm going to go visit them and see if I can contribute a few things to, to help. Yeah. Them. Right. Yeah. What was it about coaching that drove you to pursue that? And I'm assuming that that same, some of those same desires uh, you're finding fulfilled in business. Is that fair to say? It is. It wasn't originally though. I I, I will tell you the uh, the thing you miss uh, from business to to coaching is is the crowds, the cheers. Okay. You know the adrenaline flow. Yeah, you know that that window of time for the length of the game, the strategy preparing for it. Uh, you know, you have a, you know week after week, you know game after game. Um, those are just personal highs that you have, and of course, if you're successful, that's 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 that adds the layer to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, in business, in in, in teaching and and in uh, uh, coaching, it's all the same. So it starts with the strategy. And you have to lay out a game plan of uh-huh. how you're going to achieve that strategy, and and then you have to execute. And there's and there's and part of that execution is just learning from that and getting better each week. And so uh-huh. there's no difference in business, no difference in life, right? There's there's successes and failures, uh-huh. and and you if you you learn from those, and you hope that in life that you're going to have more successes than failures, right? But it's all in how you handle the failure, right? That that's part of it. So learn from it, uh, correct it, and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, you don't find the same emotion of the crowd, yeah. right? That was <laughs> nobody's that was cheering the... for you when you get the big expo <laughs> or whatever, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. That's uh, that was a big adjustment. It took a while. It it it, it was not a um, it it took years. I'm yeah. gonna be candid with you. It took years. Um, and after I was in business, 
I was still being recruited to go to different schools, come back. Um, it was tough. Uh, yeah. But I, I believe that 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 we're all born. God, God's given us a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And so now at my age, when I look back, and my wife and I talk about this frequently, um, that it's it's all part of the path that you work, you, you walk down in, in, in the, the journey of life. Mm-hmm. And and I believe I, I'm on the right path. I, I believe that this was the direction that, that, mm-hmm. that God wanted me to go to the purpose of my life. Mm-hmm. So I took a lot of the things that I was doing in teaching and coaching and just uh, uh, applied them to the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking back real quick before we move into talking a little bit about your company, what was your biggest moment as a coach? Do you have one that you look back and you go, I mean, because I coached some high school basketball and some soccer and stuff like that. And then every once in a while, when I'm laying down on the bed and my mind drifts back and I go, Oh my gosh, I just remember that one moment when we almost <laughs> did this or when we did that, or when yeah. we caught the last game winning touchdown or what? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I remember um, at one school uh, I was putting in a, a, a new defense and um in, in the first couple of games, we got blown out pretty good. And uh, one of the things I learned from that was that I, I knew that I, if, if we didn't win and, and things didn't start to click, and even though we went back over over those things that we were missing in, but I knew, I believed, and I had to get them to believe that once they clicked, we would be awesome. And that was that's probably the moment. And we did, thank the Lord, we did achieve that in game three yeah and and just went on to keep on winning from there and 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 really had some shutdowns some yeah complete, some complete blowouts yeah what a great story huh of like just being committed and the discipline and the perseverance and the teaching i mean all of those things come together in that moment that's right it, it, it's 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 a vision so no different in, in business so i as an owner um you know people ask me wow you know, you built a successful company. So for me, I was the visionary. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not build it. it. It was the people who made my vision come to fruition. Right. So no different than coaching. So I had this vision of this defense that we felt that it would be successful. That was my vision. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so they, they were the ones who, once they started believing in it and executed on it, it became their vision and they, they made it come to fruition. I wasn't the player. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just dive into that real quick then. Um, talking about leadership, mm-hmm. obviously one of the jobs of a leader is to be able to communicate a vision in such a way that people will buy into it. That's correct. Um, and, and I think you just said that you you found that to be the case. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Well, sure. I, I, uh, the, 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 from a company perspective, is that what you're asking? Yeah. From like, as, as you know, as the founder of your company, you have mm-hmm. to be the one, you've got to be the visionary. You've got to be the That's one right. that says, this is the direction we're going. <laughs> this is what we want to do. Right. And, you know, sometimes leaders have difficulty getting people to buy into that vision. Um, yeah. So how have you been able to like, you know, as a leader, mm-hmm. maybe you'd want to talk about it in terms of the philosophy of leadership that you have or whatever, but what, what has 
been successful for you in getting people to buy into your vision for the company and then be able to be passionate about that in such a way that they go out and are able to implement that? Okay, I'm going to take one step back. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, because this, this was a carryover from my my coaching time. Okay. So, so, um, and when I was coaching, so we would run the bleachers. And when I was a player, I hated it. I hated running the bleachers. It was brutal. And, and so when I became a coach, uh, what I did when they were running the bleachers is I was constantly talking to them about what this difference is going to make when we were in the fourth quarter right? and the other team was exhausted and we were going to win championships. And so I kept on, as they were running the bleachers, I kept on talking to them about all those positive things that were going to happen. So it made, it made, I don't want to say that they weren't tired and working hard. They were, but they believed. And of course, then when you start to execute, it becomes automatic. Right. They want, they want to work that much harder. That's no different. That's no different in business. So if you have a vision or a mission that you're trying to accomplish, you have to explain to them why, right? And then mm-hmm. you're going to explain to them how. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's really the, the defining moment in any success or failure, right? If they don't believe or if, if the how is not working and we don't correct it, then we're going to fail. Right. So that's really, um, so why are we doing this? Okay, so that that's I think it's important to really get down to the details of it, not just be uh, uh, a management dictate uh, mm-hmm. or leadership dictate. No, you're going to do it this way. Well, that that doesn't you're going to fail on it. Right. Um, people want to understand, and and they want to they want to learn, and they want to be better. Everyone does. That's just human nature. Mm-hmm. They want to be better in life. You know, they want to get an increase in salary. They want to, you know, uh, achieve their incentive plans and so those are the things that you do you teach them the why you teach them the how and and you accept that uh, failure is part of the process it's not the end game mm-hmm. so uh, you know just to give you something as recent as this week so one of one of our top sales guys had, had failed on 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 a really he really felt he was going to get this piece of business and he worked hard on it really hard uh, but he failed and, and, and he, it was something that he didn't even see coming. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I just explained to him, you really didn't fail because we didn't, we didn't get the business, but we didn't lose the business. Right. Right. And so I look at that as opportunities, right? So opportunities are never lost. They're just given to someone else. Mm-hmm. So someone else got that opportunity, but he's going to get another one. Right. And, and so you just have to support your people that way. And, and and not not uh, uh, beat them up for you know not achieving something because believe me there that was harder on him than it was on our company not getting that business right yeah it seems like you just have a general disposition of positivity and encouragement towards yes. your people yeah um, and as a coach even even the things that you were doing for your players then that same disposition really has translated well into your company now. That's correct. And I, I refer to that as the platinum rule. Okay. Um, so so the, the golden rule, we all know what that is, right? right? You know, treat everybody like you want to be treated, right? So the platinum rule is to treat them like they want to be treated. 
Okay. So, so we're all, we're all different. We're all wired different. God made us differently. And, and so to be a good leader, you have to get to know your people. You need to learn their strengths and, and accentuate those and not dwell upon the negatives. Maybe you can coach them up a little bit on some of their negatives, but they are who they are. So dwell, dwell upon those positive and, and accentuate those positives and you're going to have great success. Right. Um, okay. Talk a little bit about your company. Um, okay. you're in the expo, but for people who are not familiar with that whole industry, what exactly do you guys do and how is it that your company came to be like, what were the beginning stages and how did you kind of get that started? Sure. So I, I, you know, I think most entrepreneurs are, are, are visionaries. Um, so there's 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 a difference between a, a leader and a visionary. Although leaders do you you know there's a there's a close someone's there, but a visionary is the one who I think are are successful entrepreneurs. They look at things differently than than others do, and so being in the business that I was and working for the companies I was working for, um, I just looked at things that I thought could be done and streamlined and made easier for, for, for the customers. Mm -hmm. And so again, I, I use the same why rule. I would ask for lots of years, like, why do we do it this way? Most of the time I couldn't, I couldn't get a good answer. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's always been done. <laughs> okay. Well, did you ever think about this? Uh, that would never work. So you always, is an entrepreneur, you always get all those negatives. Mm -hmm. People, the majority of people in the beginning will tell you why, it won't work and why right. it's silly and, and you're going to fail. Um, so for me, it was the, the, the supply chain in the, in the industry. Um, uh, there was in order to, to do business on a trade show floor, in order to get your exhibit set up, you had to deal with a multitude of people, a multitude of companies and all of these companies worked in silos. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my vision was to, to create one company that the, the customer comes to one company and let us become the, the filter, so to speak, the one source. And then we would deal with all the suppliers. Okay. Uh, and now, I mean, you say like, right, that, that doesn't sound like a, a, a brainchild by any means. Well, for our industry, it was. Right. All right. So it was supply chain management. So you had all these silos that were operating separately. You had these, the, the, the example I could give you would be like checking into a hotel. And when you got, you wanted to book this room and they said, uh, Jeff, here's your, your order list. Uh, place the order for your carpet, place the order for your bed, place the order for your electrical, place the order for your, you know, your AV. And you had to go to all these different suppliers. You had the carpet right. supplier, the bed supplier, the AV supplier, the electrical supplier, you know, and the water supplier. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that's the way um, it was until we started the company. Mm -hmm. So and what so we did is we took all that and took that supply chain and managed it for the end user. And we built uh, programs and systems to do that. Okay. Uh, what are your biggest challenges uh, have in, in doing that? Like, what are the biggest challenges that you had to face and overcome? Um, so our success was pretty rapid. Uh -huh. um, and so uh, we were a small player, undercapitalized, I'll tell you okay. that. 
mm-hmm. uh, didn't think we would be this successful that quickly. So uh, the, the large competitors in the industry, uh, like it happens every day, tried to tried to squash us. Right. Um, so we had to 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 fight through that. And um, the the other part was uh, facilities that had exclusives. If the mm-hmm. facility had exclusive and they were providing a certain service, they said, I don't need you. And so they 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 were happy with the way things were. Again, for me, my my toughest objective or, or hurdle, I should say, was to get them to get the feel of the end user. Right. So if you're not the end user, you're not getting that experience, then right. you don't really care. And so that's that was a big challenge that we had. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have that experience. They weren't exhibiting. They didn't know or care if if, if, an, if an exhibitor had to go to a multitude of suppliers just right. to exhibit on one show. So mm-hmm. we, it took time. We got through it. Yeah, you, you had you had to be strong. You had to, you know kind of going back to to my coaching career, right? You know this was this was like when I put in that defense. Okay, I believe in it. And and so you have to work extremely hard and 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 you do have to push to to say no we're going to do it and maybe at times force things right but once you, once they experience them right the wins uh, they say well, this is pretty good yeah I like it um, it reminds me and it it, it kind of makes you scratch your head uh, the lack of customer service you know, to think of what is the vision of perfect service from your customer's perspective mm-hmm. and then to provide that, which is kind of like what you seem to be doing. What's the best way that we can serve our customers is to be able to have all of these things here. Whereas, as you mentioned, some of those other players are like, we're happy with the way things are, mm-hmm. yet it's not really serving the customer well. That's correct. That is yeah. Um. Yeah. What, what do you, what'd you say now? It's been 40 years, yeah. <clears throat> right? Um, well, it's, yeah, the, the first company uh, I started was 1987 and I, I sold that company to my partner and then I started this company in 1991. So 32, 33 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say some of the biggest lessons as a leader that you've learned over that time? Well, I would say that um, stay focused. As an entrepreneur, um, it's the hardest thing to stay focused because right. you know once uh, you're successful and get things up running, um, you have another vision. You know, most entrepreneurs have another vision, mm-hmm. and and they want to do an add-on or add a, an additional service. And and sometimes um, that can be difficult on on your on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so the 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 idea being stay narrowly focused on what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Introduced in a timely matter, as as far as implementation of a new idea that that's going to enhance your service. Mm-hmm. But don't don't do it too quickly. Right. Um, and, be, of, and be capitalized. So we were undercapitalized. That, that, that's the other thing I would say that was a huge lesson for us, right. um, especially in the first company that I started. We, my partner and I started uh, four companies in less than two years, wow. all, all in the same industry. And 
it's just that that does not work unless you have the wherewithal and a lot of it um, to, to be able to support that. Um, you mentioned um, making sure that you're laser focused. <clears throat> There's a cliche about having to say no to the good, to be able to say yes to the great or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. 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 How, how difficult is that? In Very. practicality, I mean, it's a cliche, right? Everybody <laughs> says it, but no, no, no. It, it it is, and, and if if you look around and you look at, um, there's there's the owner of uh, I live in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and and the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is Jerry Jones, and um, he is the most loved and the most hated guy, right? Um, and so uh, I was I was interviewed by a local newspaper here about the product that he had on the field at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was probably the wrong guy to interview because the way I looked at it was this. Jerry bought the team. It's his team, mm-hmm. right? And, and I know as the fans, you need fans, but he, he was doing things not not necessarily to intentionally prevent them from winning, but he right. felt that was the best thing to do. Right now, it, it, so you know, I know most people know him, so that's why I bring that up. And I, I would say that that is not only Jerry Jones, but that's the majority of entrepreneurs. Right, right. They they look at okay, this is what we're going to do again. They have to get the team to buy in, but sometimes they don't, and they push it through, and that's when failure is created. Right, and there is a big lesson to learn from that. Yeah, no, unfortunately, probably most people don't realize it until it's too late. That's right. Right. That's right. Right. But then you have time and you learn from it. And, uh, I, you know, again, I, I, I don't want to say he's a mentor, but I, you know, living in Dallas, I watch him closely sure. the things that he does and he's an extremely successful businessman. Um, but he, but he, until he let go of being the, the coach and the general manager, he's still the general manager, but right. deep into the weeds of, of his team, were they then did they not that's when they became successful mm-hmm. you just took them to do that and, and it's very obvious now that, that they're doing really well and and then the other part of it is so we are also a family-owned business okay which the majority of, of american companies are mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that you know they, you know they they see the big brand names like johnson and johnson right that's a family-owned business. Walmart, that's a family-owned business. Right. You know, they're publicly traded, but they're still family-owned. Right. And so, uh, you know, going back to the Joneses, you know, so he's got, you know, family involved in his business, just yeah. as we do, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so, obviously. That's, that's a whole challenge in, within itself, right? So, if you're a family-owned business, um, you have the challenges of of your family, uh, and, and that, that's just, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's a, an issue of who does what, who gets what responsibilities, where do the mantles of leadership pass on, uh, moving all of that stuff. Those are big challenges in family owned businesses that people don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, right. okay. and they're super, super difficult when families are involved. So I have friends, we have friends that own family businesses and as those things are getting pushed down and this person doesn't like that person and who gets what and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so just a, as a quick sidebar, I know that's sure. not part of this. No, call, no but, problem. You know, but as a quick sidebar, one of the things that we did early on was we brought in a family business consultant. 
Nice. Um, and and he is he's been with us. Um, I want to say the late nineties. You know, uh-huh. maybe mid nineties. I can't remember exactly when. But we brought him in young, young in the company, and and our children at that time were fairly young. Okay. And 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 so you kind of manage the expectations, you know, that way. Of, um, you know, I remember one of the first meetings he had. So he, he said to our oldest son, he said, "So do you expect to be the CEO?" And he said, "Yes." And and so he challenged him right there. Well, why? What's your mm-hmm. qualifications? Mm-hmm. And and so that was kind of like the beginning of, of really having good open dialogue, which is what yeah. you have to have. Yeah, well, that's great. And I think there's a principle there of just like you mentioned, managing the expectations yes. um, and being able to talk those through and have those things out in dialogue as opposed to everybody just coming up with their own perception of what reality is going to look like here, here, or this, whatever happens, but to have the discussions super wise to have a person come in and be able to facilitate all of those types of things. You hit the word, right? Facilitate. That's exactly right. So we have boundaries. So one of the things we didn't want to have happen was to carry the business into the family. Mm-hmm. So, so starting the company, my expectations weren't for my children to be in the business. Okay. If they wanted to be, they could, but it wasn't like my expectation. Right. So one of the things we wanted to avoid was that carryover from business for those that weren't working in the business and those that weren't at family functions, Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthday parties, graduations. So we have a, we have a family rule. We talk no business whatsoever at any family function smart conversely we do set up scheduled meetings to where that's all we talk about we bring everybody together and the 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 active members of the business and the passive ones okay bring them all together to ask questions and kind of give them the state of the the union of where we are as a company and what we're doing Great. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm glad that that's working out well for you. And I know that's a big point of contention for many people in similar circumstances as you are. Um, You guys went through an incredibly difficult time here. (laughs) I I don't know if I'm, I'm, if I'm understating that right with the COVID shutdowns and I'm sure as everyone realizes the expo industry just basically imploded. Uh, Talk about, what that was like for you guys. How was it going through there and how did you manage to kind of make it through and come out on the other side and still, still be able to be successful? It, it, it was, it was brutal. Um, one of the, one of the things I used to share with people about our industry was that uh, our, our, our industry was recession proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I never worried about that at all because of one sector uh, of of the economy was going down. There was other sectors that were doing well, and so right. if, if your portfolio of business is diversified, you 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 manage through that down down period of a one sector, let's say. So um, you know, like the dot com burst. You remember that, you know. So you know, we had a pretty large portfolio of business in that space. You get through it because of you have other sectors of business that are doing quite well. Uh, when this happened, um, this was this was a shocker. This was uh, this wasn't where you could call somebody up and ask them how they handled it. There's when, no playbook. Were, there was none. 
there wasn't anyone. Sure, we had conversations with our competitors and and other people that that were in our space, but but all of us were were struggling, um, and so we ended up uh, the majority of of the players in our in our industry uh, had to seek uh, outside financing, mm-hmm. and and uh, you had to get it one way or the other, and and uh, those that didn't um, went out of business, um, those that um, didn't get the right financing are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those that uh, did, you know, are, are, are doing well. And so we, uh, for the first time, you know, we had, we have an outside investor. We never had that before, mm-hmm. but we came in and he is a extremely good partner. Um, he does not, interfere with our business whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, we have our, our board meetings he comes to that he contributes uh on, on just at the board level mm-hmm. but does not uh, get involved in the day-to-day and uh, he's a, he's and it's been a, an extremely good experience and because of his uh beliefs in in us as the owners as our executive team and and the success that we've had post pandemic um he's more than willing, he said, "Let's let's go out and buy some more companies." You know, nice. so he's, he's yeah, it's it's been good that way. But um, I'm I'm giving you a short answer to a long question. It, it was very difficult, um, and in you know we are believers, and so we believe that everything happened for a reason, and mm-hmm. that we believe that uh, God put us together with our investor. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't think that was by happenstance. It, it 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 was orchestrated by him, and we give him the glory for our success that we mm-hmm. are today. We're having a we're having a a record historic year in twenty in twenty two. Yeah, how did it come about that you got connected with the financer? So um, I'm not Jeff. I'm not sure how far you want to go or how. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a spiritual story. Okay, I'm good with that. Are you? Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay. Um, so we, my wife and I are very strong believers. We, okay. uh, we pray every, every morning in our, our living room. It's our morning prayer time. And right. um, in 2020, December of 2020, uh, we were just about out of gas. So mm-hmm. we were, we were looking at, um, you know, shutting down the company because uh, just there was no way that we could continue to to uh, pay the employees. We went mm-hmm. from just to kind of give you some numbers. We went from two hundred and seventy five employees down to thirty eight employees that were getting paid twenty five percent of their pay. Oh my! And so we were. It, it was at the end, and we were not even. We were running out of money to pay the twenty five percent. Right. And. Um, so this was a um, a Saturday morning, and my wife wasn't feeling well. And we were supposed to go to a Christmas party that night, and we canceled. And we um, were sitting there, and she said that um, I, I, I have a vision. You know, I, I see all the employees. You know, I see everything, you know, 
coming together, working. And she said, I, I, I want to go, I want to go to the office. I want to go to the warehouse. Uh-huh. I said, well, I, you know, I said, I thought you weren't feeling well. And she said, no, um, I, I want to go. We have to go now. So we took our two puppy dogs and got in the car. And, you know, as we were, as we were driving over there, we, we thought about the scripture and you know, the, uh, the walls of Jericho uh-huh. and, um, not having it fully memorized, uh, we as we got to the building, uh, we decided that we were going to drive around our building with the horn blasting seven times, mm-hmm. and and that's what we did. We drove around the building seven times with our horn, and we got out of the car and we went inside our facility. And inside of our facility, we have a, what we call an inspiration wall. Mm-hmm. And and that inspiration wall has scriptures on it and, and famous quotes uh, that inspire. Mm-hmm. And so we openly uh, laid our hands on that wall and prayed out loud. And um, and her, during even that time period, she saw people smiling, happy, uh, and, and, and back working. Mm-hmm. So uh, we left, um, went home. And, and um, you know, the next day came, next day came, there was nothing, um, you know, there was not like this magic miracle, happened, right. nothing like that happened. And then um, I think it was probably like that Wednesday that week, um, our daughter called and said, uh, Dad, a, uh, my next door neighbor knows that you got to be going through a struggling time. And, uh, you know, she... Uh, she would, she would like to invest in your company. Oh my. And, and I said, Oh, Rachel, I said, well, that's so nice of her. I said, but, uh, you know, we need a lot of money. I said, right. uh, I, said I don't, <laughs> I don't think she realizes the amount of money that we need. Right. And she goes, well, you know, she's, she's read your book twice and mm-hmm. you know, she believes in you. And, and, uh, uh she's probably, you know, she's, she's financially pretty well off. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, okay. I said, I'll be happy to talk to her. So, um, in, in that wasn't the only thing that was happening at, at the, at that point, I was still looking to raise capital. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to get a group of, of people together so that not any one person had to put all the money in. So I was working on a project anyway. And so I, I, um, I reached out to her and, and, um, I asked her, I said, do you have, any experience in, in investing in privately owned companies? And she mm-hmm. said, no. And I said, do you have any uh, advisors that can help you? I said, do you have a lawyer? Do you have a, a wealth manager or something like that? She goes, well, I've got a, my wealth manager. I said, great. And I said, well, why don't you send him this package? And I said, and then you can, you can look at it from, or he can maybe advise you on the, the risks that are involved. Right. And, uh, so, uh, a couple of days went by. Her oldest daughter was having a, a uh, their first grandchild, and uh, her other daughter came by and and uh, saw the 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 proposal, and and she said uh, and she was interested in in getting in the trade show business. So, sidebar uh, call said, "Would you? You know, my daughter's very interested in the business." Would you? Right. And I said, "Be happy to talk to her and visit with her." Right. And and then she said, uh, oh, by the way, um, uh, I want to invest a million dollars in your company. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And I 
that 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 is I would it was not we needed more, but I that was a, a very shock to me. Yeah, to have, you know somebody who don't know no relationship with and just said I want to invest a million dollars. But she said uh, she asked me if I would uh, be interested in in talking to her ex husband who happened to uh, have uh, some other interest in the. Uh, related in uh, related businesses in the trade show industry mm-hmm. sure i'd be happy to talk to them and um we did um we met with we uh, met with him and and just talked to him generally and uh, he said okay i'd like you for you to talk to my advisors so i had a meeting with the advisors and um this is like the week of christmas right and then on Christmas Eve, he sent the uh, an email or a letter email and said, Merry Christmas, Ray. We got a deal. Oh, my goodness. And I know. And so he. Uh, Christmas he Eve. Had, you say that Christmas was Eve, Christmas Eve. And he goes, listen, I'm, I'm really uh, busy right now. I'm trying to close a few other things before the end of the year. He says, would you mind writing the, the letter of intent and mm-hmm. sending it to my attorney? And he said, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wrote it the next week. Uh, they came back in the middle of the week and tweaked a few things and um, um, sent back sent it back and said, Happy New Year. Yeah. And and signed it. Mm-hmm. And so that that is a miracle in and of itself. What a and story. Was, yeah really incredible incredible i know i mean and you and i'm sure you are well aware of how many other uh companies in your area had to go had to go under yes as a result yes. of that and the fact yes. that you were able to you know sustain that yes is really well it's all, all glorious gods it's, right it's, you know it was his totally so i forgot one of, i forgot one other part of the story so the you know we went back in that week and and we went back and actually read the scripture on on jericho right so mm-hmm. it was they walked around the wall every day once a day for seven days and on the seventh day they blew the trumpet right mm-hmm. so we went back the following saturday and drove around just one time, just one time. with the horn blowing, and my wife, you know, raising her hands and praying. So yeah, it was it was a, a, a good biblical lesson for us. For sure, what a great story. Um, walking through the crises, you know, and having to lose what seventy five percent of your employee staff, mm-hmm. more than, more than, you know, what uh, what lessons did you learn as a leader? in that time going through that transparency mm-hmm. okay um being truthful not 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 uh giving him uh hey do this for me and the, the you know I'll, I'll do this for you because there was no i'll do this for you because there was no no guarantee right and we and we were we were very open with them and and we had you know people said I, you know i just i can't i can't wait any longer and we said understand and uh they took jobs with other companies, not in our space, but outside of our business. And uh, a lot of them, um, once we reopened and came back and got mm-hmm. working, a lot of them came back. And that 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 is, 
that speaks volumes for our leaders here in the company, you know, the in the culture that we have here, knowing, you know, the, the beliefs that they they knew that we would we as owners would never ever furlough them. Right. Or cut their pay or do anything if if if, if we didn't have to. Right. So um they 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 just believed it's it was part of our our culture and, and that you build it's not a, a you know flip the switch or uh, clap your hands and it all happens this is this is years of of, of building a culture of of uh, beliefs that I'm treating people with dignity and integrity and 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 helping them out when um, there's times that you don't have to as owners, but you do, you know, you mm-hmm. do things for people. So we look at it as, as one large family mm-hmm. and, and we, we work with all of our employees that way. And, and as you know, in any family, you, you, through life, you have ups and downs. And, and so it's how you treat those people when they're going through maybe a mom or dad, they're passing away, or maybe they're going through a divorce you know, and, and so they're not going to give you their best. They're not going to give you their a game, you know? Right. And, uh, uh, so you work, work with them on that and, mm-hmm. and, and it, uh, it pays off, you know, when you have times like this. So, um, we've had in the history of the company, um, pre COVID, we had, uh, several people that have that left us and, and we've had, uh, 18 people come back. Mm-hmm. That that number now, because of COVID, is is well up in the thirties now. You know, people right. that left and come back. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that that's just a, you know, I just it's just, again, it's just a tribute to our our our, our leaders and, and the culture and practicing it. You know, the the other thing is is um, we're we're very kind of a, an old fashioned type company. Uh, by that I mean we have three generations of people working here. Mm-hmm. you know from the same family right so you know that's just you know as owners we didn't do that that was the the, the grandma to the, to, the, to the kids to them right. to the grandkids you know so uh it's pretty cool yeah you um have established a culture it seems like amongst your people where they trust the leadership because yeah and I'll use the term servant leader that you're there to really serve your people and not the idea of an entitled leader. And, you know, there's so many examples today of entitled leaders that expect this or that. And it's kind of like, do as I say, don't do as I do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but to be able to just have that integrity and transparency over such a long time, you know, mm-hmm. is what builds that into the culture so that when you have to weather or an endure a crisis, the foundation is solid. Uh, agree, and and I and I and I write about that in in my book about servant leadership here in the company. So, I, I, I if you think about it as a pyramid, um, most companies the CEO is at the top of the pyramid and everything goes down. So, in a servant leadership company, the pyramid is inverted, mm-hmm. and the people are on top. Okay. The CEO is at the bottom, right? right. And so you're feeding up. That, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are, uh, you know, a company that is very uh, open with our beliefs. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. the inspiration wall. Uh, we have quarterly prayer meetings as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we're it's 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 all volunteer. Don't have to be there, but we'll we'll do that. And um, and those are are very uh, moving uh, because people feel comfortable sharing some things that that are happening in their personal life that they're asking for prayer for. Right. Um, and so that's all part of the culture as well. <clears throat> Uh, you mentioned your book a couple of times, so just share the name of it and sure. how did you get started and why write that? There it is. There it is. <laughs> Lessons of an Entrepreneur. I don't know if you can see it, mm-hmm. but um, that's just, it's just people over the, over the years and the stories and knowing the ups and downs that, that we had as a company. Um they just said, wow, Ray, why don't you share that? And, right. and so be, again, part of my servant leadership was to do that, was just to share it with other uh, entrepreneurs, other you know managers. You didn't have to be necessarily, you can be um, an entrepreneur or you are a leader within a division a lot of times, right? right? And you can, you can do a lot of things that I write about in the book within your division, Um uh, you know, even if they're not endorsed, you know, by the company you're working for. So it's just, again, it goes back to my coaching days. It goes, you know, it's just a carryover there. It's it's all about, you know, getting to know your people, understanding them um, and and working with them, trying to make them better. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, people know that they, they, yeah. they, it's, it's an unwritten word. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just shared a lot about the lessons that uh, my failures, of which are many, uh, uh, in in the book, and and how you how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. So well, you look at you know, one thing that, that I, I tell people is is like you know p- people look at failure like I don't want to fail, I don't want to fail, and, and then I I, I say well, look at, look at some athletes. I said look at um, baseball players. So they they fail two thirds of the time. Right. Right. Two thirds of the time they're failing. I said, now do you think if they let that they dwell upon that, that they wouldn't be successful? Right. No, but but the rules of the boundaries that they play in, that's it. So if they if they are successful one out of three, they're considered a great player. You know, you look at the NBA, you know, uh 60% they're failing. Right. So so you look at those types of things, right? And and um uh so that's what I mean by dwell upon your positives. Don't, 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 uh, or accentuate your positives. Don't dwell upon your negatives. Right. Right. But those are failures. So if every time I shot the ball in basketball and I, and I only, I was only going to get it 40% of the time, you know, then I'd never shoot the ball again. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you, know, you know, you think about in life in, in Jeff and yourself, and you think about people that, that you, have known and that, that has had an influence over you, you know, whether that be a teacher or a manager or, you know, someone in your church that uh, it, it's usually those folks. And, and it's not the uh, ones that, that, you know, you think maybe we, you know, you would get the knowledge from, but it's, it's, it's the people that are probably the least that you would expect. For but sure. had an influence in you. And, unfortunately some of those influences could be negative as well right mm-hmm. you know you can have negative influence and 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 so we try to work on that very hard not to be negative mm-hmm. yeah i think if i look back you know the biggest influences in my life were very minor 
minor events and minor situations that change the, you know, the course of my life, which mm -hmm. you, you never would think, but, mm -hmm. you know, I've often said for me, it's, it's almost a little bit scary, but to look back and to go, if I wouldn't have done that, made a decision at a lunch table to, to, mm -hmm. to meet somebody here, right my whole life would be in a different position. And I think that's where you go back to that. God has a plan. Um, and he walks you through that, you know, and those mm -hmm. little, those little things that mm -hmm. seem small or insignificant mm -hmm. can be such major, um, major effects on the mm -hmm. outcomes of your life. Yeah. So, yeah, no doubt. I, I, uh, I, I, I share with people, I, I have a, a go-to scripture, um, you know, when, and that's, that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm -hmm. You know, trust in the Lord with your whole heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Right. Yeah. But, you you know, you you uh, you have to be obedient and you have right. to have patience because it's going to be on his time, not your time. Well, you have to trust. Right. Trust him. Right. You trust have him. to trust. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was all part of it. And I will tell you. When we were going through this, it, it was it was easier said than done. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sure it was super stressful in the midst of it yeah. all. You don't know what's happening. That's just the thing about it is you're walking through the middle of it. You know, it's kind of like that. There's that old poem about footprints, you know, footprints in the sand. And, yes. um, and, you, and you, when you're walking through it, you're like, where is God in the midst of it? You know, it's only when you get beyond it that you look back and recognize the hand of God in your life as you've walked through the difficult times and the difficult circumstances that God was there carrying you through. So, amen, amen to that. I, uh, you know, we talked about the pandemic. So, in January of uh, 20, we as a company made the largest acquisition in our history. In January of 20. Right. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, my. And in March of 20 is when the pandemic hit and everything started shutting down. So, I mean, it was like one after another. I mean, the mountain kept on getting higher right. and higher and higher, you know. And, and so you just have to, as I kept on telling our guys, don't look at the mountain. Don't. Please don't look at it. It's huge. But let's just take it a step at a time. Let's let's go through one day, and and the other part was you know there was the anger part, right? That that you wanna you're mad, you're mad at the government, you're mad at you know things that are taking place or decisions that are being made, and and I you know I said hey guys let's let's let let's not get bitter over this, let's get better, right? I said we can be better. We can again. Are we going to dwell upon that negative? Or are we going to try to look for ways to get out of this? Yeah, I, I think uh, when you get on the other side of that valley, and you look back and see uh, see what you've come through, you know, many times people don't want to experience the difficulties and hardships in life. Yes, they don't. And right? They try to, but but those very same people, when you ask them, hey, what were the biggest, what were your biggest areas of growth in your life? They're always tied to 
walking through those challenges. Yes, the valleys. You know? Absolutely. Yes. And and you ask them, hey, would you trade it back? You know, after yeah. getting through it, would you would you wish that you wouldn't have had to go through it? And a lot and mo- many times, most times I would say people say, you know what? I wouldn't trade it back mm-hmm. because of that made me the person I am today. Mm-hmm. I've grown so much through that. And so well, um, yeah. you're 100% correct. Yeah. If if you really are and 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 I will tell you, as most entrepreneurs, you, you sometimes get into the I word, right? Um, and so that, that that is a negative, you know, that you don't want to get into because right. I, I, I can't do anything. Right. We can. The team right. can. Yeah. You know, through, through, you know, the grace of God, we you can accomplish a lot. Yeah. You know? Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been super great. Yeah. It's been great to talk to you. Yes. Yeah, um, enjoyed it. Yes. Appreciated you coming on your book. We will put the links for that. Okay. Uh, on the website. And I'm going to need to get like a, a bio from you and a picture or something like that. So I can throw it up on the website as well. Um, sure. So I'll be in contact with you on email on that, but thanks so much for coming sure, on. Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, any of your listeners, if they uh, want to contact you and if they have some special questions or personal questions or, you know, either about, you know, having a, a faith-based company or, or just through just business lessons that I've learned over sure. these years, I'd be happy to share it with them. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. And thank you so much. Okay. Ray. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Have a good All one. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ray Pakowski. And as he said, uh, if anyone's interested in asking some questions or following up with Ray, please send me an email, jeff at mindforlife.org, and I can put you in contact with him. Again, we do have some resources on the show notes page for this podcast, mindforlife.org forward slash zero seven zero. Included there is a personal development plan. It's a template that walks you through developing your own growth plan uh, for 2023. So check that out if you will. Again, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it and think it's beneficial to someone, please feel free to share it with them. As always, if you have any questions or like to contribute to the conversation, contact us at jeff at mindforlife.org or you can connect with me via social media. You can find my Twitter information, Instagram information, everything like that on our webpage mindfullife.org. Hope you enjoyed the program. Have a great week. <laughs>